welcome to this special episode of the Digital Distillery Podcast, where we take you for a short, sharp plunge into the cold, dark world of digital ad fraud. If you joined us for the programmatic episode, website spoofing, ad stacking, pixel stuffing, click fraud, okay, I'm starting to feel the need for a dedicated episode on this one, then you likely got the idea that this is a pretty interesting topic and thus in need of a special episode. So this is about programmatic fraud, right? I got a chance to talk to Senior Vice President of Show Heroes Group, Kai Schneider. My name is Kai Schneider. I'm Senior Vice President at Show Heroes. Uh, at Show Heroes, I'm responsible for the global product and business development. Who, through a storied career in the digital ad space, happens to know a thing or three about the topic. I have a 20 years background in online advertising and thereof 12 years in programmatic. Now I'm going to break things down as follows, and you can jump around to various sections if you like. First, I'll go over a broad overview of what digital ad fraud is and the broad impact that it currently has on the industry. And as usual, a big thanks to IAB Europe for their impeccable reporting on industry stats. Then we'll go over some of the different types of digital ad fraud that exist and how they work. Next is, in line with episode two, how they affect programmatic advertising specifically and wrapping up with some tips on how you can recognise and identify ad fraud as well as what you can do to protect yourself from it. So in its most basic form, ad fraud is the malicious practice of inflating impressions, clicks or conversion data for financial gain and in doing so wasting an advertiser's budget. It can be committed by cybercriminals alone or in a group, like in the case of criminal group AFK13, who were reportedly making between 3 and $5 million a day scamming companies by managing the fake video views creating URLs that appeared to belong to big-name publishers like ESPN or Vogue. But it can also be committed by large, dodgy organisations seeking an unfair advantage over their competitors. Regardless of the perpetrator, the result is always the same. Money is wasted on ads that are never seen by their intended audience. It costs a lot of money. In fact, it's predicted by the World Federation of Advertisers to cost as much as $50 billion per year by 2025. So... Sometimes called IVT, or invalid traffic, the digital ad fraud landscape is constantly changing and evolving in an arms race-like fashion as fraudsters and the protections front go head to head. You have uh, the protection front and you have the, the fraudsters and there's always some innovation on either side and it's always, uh, it's always an, endless, it's an endless battle between the two parties. So what exactly are these different approaches that fraudsters take for their dastardly endeavours? Let's go through some of the most common types of IVT. Click fraud involves individuals or bots deliberately clicking on an advertiser's pay-per-click, PPC ad, with no intention of actually buying the product. And because these clicks create such a direct false impression of the relationship between clicks and purchases, it's one of the quickest and most efficient way ad spend can be wasted. Domain spoofing occurs when a fraudster masquerades their fake site as a legitimate and usually highly sought after one, just like in the case of AFK13. Then they trick the advertisers into paying premium prices for low quality ad space. This is similarly done with app installs in what's called SDK spoofing, and in one infamous case, a malware program called Drainabot, which was designed to generate secret video ad views, was downloaded as many as 10 million times before being found out and shut down. Ad injection is where fraudulent ads are placed on a publisher's website without their knowledge and either replace the website's existing ads or position themselves right next to genuine ones. 
It's usually conducted through compromised browser extensions and plugins and so can be really difficult to detect. This is because many popular security tools focus on server-side monitoring while injected ads are inserted through the client side. Ad stacking. Perhaps the best way to describe this is the old adage, nothing is as it seems. This is a trick where fraudsters place multiple ads visually underneath legitimate ones so that they collect impressions when the real one is clicked. Pixel stuffing. Now this one tickled me for some reason, maybe because it's so simply devious, but pixel stuffing is the practice of creating an ad of some sort that you want clicked and virtually stuffing it into a tiny, tiny little space, like a pixel-sized tiny space. And this allows fraudsters to place heaps of ads on a website and get impressions all over the place through unrelated activity, since the ads themselves are pretty much invisible. Location masking or geomasking is where you take low quality traffic of some kind and disguise it as much more attractive before upselling it to advertisers. Phew, okay, so there's a lot of metaphorical moustache twirling ingenuity when it comes to a fraudulent means of earning a buck, and a lot more to boot, but that gives a pretty decent overview of the main types to look out for. When it comes to ad fraud that affects programmatic advertising specifically, there are a few more angles that can and have been leveraged by fraudsters, and in its early days, it almost brought programmatic to its knees. Well, it has an even higher uh, priority to fight against that. Fraud came, came let's say, a new rise um, in the programmatic ecosystem, and that almost killed all the blooming of programmatic advertising. Basically, the techniques of fraud are similar. There's still plenty of click fraud and stuffed pixels, but the scale is something else. Because programmatic uses software to decide where to place ads at a speed and quantity capable of taking the breath away from a blue whale, the opportunity for damage to an advertiser before they can figure out what's going on is significantly increased. Of course, there's no silver bullet for defending yourself against ad fraud, but with the right measures, you can go a long way to having the best chance of protecting your online marketing activity. Now, ad fraud is going to happen, but the most important thing is that you set up frameworks to allow you to detect it as soon as possible and as such, minimise the impact to your organisation. The first thing you can do is to maintain old school bookkeeping hygiene, such as keeping an ad.txt file where you simply keep up-to-date information of all the supply-side platforms that have permission to resell your ad content. This is essential if you want to be able to easily identify where they should crop up and where they shouldn't. For click fraud especially, it can be useful to set up an IP blacklist on Google Ads by adding any suspicious links as soon as you receive them, thus blacklisting those specific IPs from viewing your ads in the future. Custom alerts on Google Analytics can help by notifying you of any sudden changes in your metrics and traffic. You can then question these metrics and anomalies and respond accordingly. Examples are, say, an ad that's registered 100% viewability, a report of zero exposure to ad fraud, or perhaps getting 90% of your clicks from a region that you're not even targeting. Only use third-party plugins and scripts from developers you trust, and ideally, check its code to verify it's only doing what it says on the box. And if it's feasible, you can even use a dedicated fraud detection tool. And finally, keep yourself informed. Stay up to date with new trends, threats and protective measures so that you stay sharp and don't get snuck up on. 
That's it. Thank you for joining me today for the special episode on ad fraud. We'll be releasing special episodes every few weeks in between our main episodes. And don't miss the next full episode of the Digital Distillery Podcast, where we talk all about CTV and attention. The digital media industry is increasingly being held accountable for its ecological impact. Discussions around ESG, green media, digital carbon footprinting, and the responsibility that companies have to minimise the effect of their dirty data is shifting from a mild hubbub to a dull roar. Some players are flourishing, while others are being trampled. Brought to you by The Digital Distillery, we have a brand new show exploring the topics and issues surrounding the green media movement, keeping you informed and perhaps even a little hopeful along the way. Stay tuned for the new podcast, Green About Media, right here on The Digital Distillery.